You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's July 14th. Security decisions made at this week's NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania, are essential to Ukraine's fight against Russia. But, as RAND experts wrote in the Los Angeles Times, such decisions will be just as important, if not more so, after the war ends. In other words, they will set the tone for Ukraine's reconstruction. NATO members have a range of options to support Ukraine's rebuilding efforts. To start, they could extend current arrangements of providing military support to Ukraine, which the G7 affirmed through a joint declaration earlier this week. Stronger still, they could threaten to introduce Western forces into Ukraine. Or they could bring Ukraine into NATO, a step that some members of the alliance pledged to take this week without providing specifics on timing. Whatever happens next, our experts say that further clarifying security arrangements and moving toward firm post-war security assurances will be vital to Ukraine's reconstruction success. Sticking with Russia and Ukraine, you probably remember that the drawn-out nature of this conflict was initially a surprise to many. Given Russia's seemingly overwhelming advantage in military size and capability, most observers originally expected Moscow's invasion to last only a matter of weeks. Instead, Russia has faltered against a strong Ukrainian resistance and committed a series of missteps. A new RAND report examines why Russia has stumbled so significantly. It finds that poor planning and logistics and sustainment failures are partly responsible. For example, Russia ran out of critical supplies early in its effort to rapidly seize Ukrainian territory. This appears to be largely the result of underestimating the resistance it would encounter. And, over the course of the conflict, basic issues of poor maintenance and supply support, compounded by a lack of trained and effective maintenance personnel, have affected Russia's ability to carry out its war. These and other failures have also likely affected morale among Russian troops. Importantly, the authors note that even if Russia had assessed the situation more effectively, it may not have been able to execute its plans to dominate Ukraine. This may be a cautionary tale for any force planning a prolonged fight, and it may provide potential insight into how a nation can defend itself against an aggressor trying to carry out a complicated operation. It's been just over one year since the reversal of Roe v. Wade. The court's decision last summer removed the constitutional right to abortion, allowing states to determine the legality of abortion care. As a result, the landscape of access to legal abortion has changed drastically, and the impacts on women have been significant. Rand researchers recently looked at the effects of this decision on service women in particular, and they estimate that about half of all women serving in the active duty U.S. military now have limited access to reproductive health care. It's worth noting that women in the military already faced obstacles to health care access. 
For example, a 2020 survey of active duty service women found that 13% waited more than four weeks to get an appointment with an OBGYN in the military health system. When asked how often it was easy to get an appointment with such a doctor, close to one-third said never. A post-row world may exacerbate these challenges. And while the full impact of the court's decision to remove abortion rights is still unknown, RAND experts are concerned that restrictions on reproductive care could lead more women to turn away from military service altogether, which is especially worrying in an already difficult recruiting environment. Ultimately, this could have a negative impact on national security. The highly anticipated Barbie movie will not be hitting theaters in Vietnam later this month. The country banned the film because it includes a map featuring the controversial Nine Dash Line, which indicates China's claims to disputed territory in the South China Sea, a claim that China's neighbors, including Vietnam, vehemently reject. Warner Brothers Pictures responded to Vietnam's grievance, stating that the map in Barbie Land is, quote, a whimsical, childlike crayon drawing. The doodles depict Barbie's make-believe journey from Barbie land to the real world. It was not intended to make any type of statement. Stepping out of Barbie land and back into reality, the South China Sea is one of the world's most important, strategic, and contentious bodies of water. In a 2022 Rand paper, author Benjamin Sachs provides a primer on this complex issue. He breaks down the region's geography, reviews the history of territorial claims, and highlights the risks of ongoing militarization, including heightened threats against commercial and military vessels attempting to travel safely through these waters. In a radio interview this week, Sachs said that territorial disputes in the South China Sea represent, quote, a very emotional issue for Southeast Asian nations, especially China and Vietnam which have gone to war twice in the last 35 to 40 years. Notably, he said many other nations in the region take issue with the map shown in the Barbie movie, and some could follow Vietnam's decision to ban the film's release. The turnover of superintendents in the U.S. increased to 17% in the most recent school year. That was after hovering closer to 13 to 14% prior to and at the beginning of the pandemic. Increased job-related stress might be one reason for this uptick. So how stressed are America's school superintendents? And what are the main reasons for their stress? To find out, we surveyed 150 superintendents in districts across the country. The vast majority of survey respondents, 79%, said that their work was often or always stressful. High stress levels were reported regardless of superintendent's sex, race or ethnicity, years of experience, or the characteristics of their school districts. However, stress levels were particularly high among superintendents of color and superintendents serving in urban districts. Superintendents of color almost universally said that their work was often or always stressful. The top reason for respondents on the job stress was the intrusion of political issues or opinions into schooling. After politics, educators and students' mental health, staffing shortages, and budget concerns were the next most common set of stressors. 
Most of those we surveyed said that their jobs are worth the stress and disappointments. And about one half said that they're coping well with stress. Nevertheless, the prevalence and causes of stress are important for local, state, and federal education policymakers to understand as they make decisions that affect America's superintendents. That's it for today's episode. You can learn more about the topics we discussed in the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis.